episode of Fat Girl Book Club. For this episode, we read the book Fat Girl Walking by Brittany Gibbons. I'm thrilled to be able to bring you this book, to be able to bring you this guest. I just know that you're really going to enjoy this episode. I had such a good time with my guest and uh, we really had a lot of laughs and I think it's just going to be a really good, fun episode for you to listen to. Before we do that though, uh, just a couple of things. First and foremost, I want to thank my Patreon supporters. Thank you so much to Pascal, to Amy, to Ace, to Larissa, and to Jen. I just want to say thank you. I couldn't do this without you. Um, I do have a bit of an update, though, that I think is going to affect some things. And uh, this is kind of a tough one for me to talk about. This podcast has really, it's been so many things for me. It has been uh, a way for me to process my feelings and emotions about something that I am trying to come to terms with, my body, the size of my body, the way the culture views my body. Uh, It has been a way for me to talk about books, which uh, for someone who is a really big bookworm like me, that has been a dream come true. It has been a way for me to network and to bring you listeners, people that in the community that maybe you didn't know about who were doing some really cool things within this community. It has been a way for me to, in some ways, have therapy. Uh, You know, some of these microaggressions that we encounter in our everyday lives, sometimes we don't have a way to process them. If we don't have anybody in our immediate vicinity who is living in a larger body and does recognize that these microaggressions are traumatic, we don't have a way to process them uh, that is like a a communication way to process them. We may be able to move them through our bodies in other ways, but being able to just kind of have somebody say, yeah, like I totally recognize what you're saying and that's terrible. I'm sorry that happened to you. This podcast has provided an outlet for me to be able to do that. And for that, I will be eternally grateful, eternally grateful. But Some things have really shifted in my life, Uh, as some of you know. I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, you've probably realized that in the last two years since COVID hit and I made a move out to be closer to my family, my life has been in a bit of a turmoil. I haven't, uh, it's almost like, it's almost like I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. You know, at 40-something years old, I'm just trying to figure out who I am and trying to figure out what I want to do. And not just what I want to do, but unfortunately, we live in this capitalist system where we cannot live uh, the life that we that we deserve without making some form of currency. We have to make money. It's it, There's just no other way for us to even provide ourselves the basic amenities of life. And what I'm finding is that some things, some contracts and things that I had going on have ended. And because they have ended, I have been forced to look for full-time work. And because I have been forced to look for full-time work, I'm realizing that all the different balls that I have in the air, I am going to have to let some go. And it is with immense sadness that I am saying that I am going to have to let this podcast go. Uh... 
whether that looks like an actual letting go uh, where there will never be any more episodes or whether uh, I am just going to take a very long hiatus is still up in the air. But at this point, uh, I am going to be ending this podcast for the time being uh, at episode 80. So we have a few episodes to go and uh, I'm just... I am just so grateful for the the episodes that I have recorded. I still need three more guests. So if you had ever thought that maybe you would want to come on and talk about a book, now is the perfect time to reach out to me and set up a time to be able to talk about a book. So I will still be running. My Patreon will still be open until September. And once that last episode airs, I will shut everything down. Uh, including the Patreon. So if you're, uh, I have talked to my, my patrons. Um, so if you were ever thinking that you would like to support me in any way, now is a good time because at the end of September, the Patreon does get shut down and, uh, you get all the goodies between now and then, which include things like, uh, monthly printables. So I've, I've done this big, huge workbook right back at the beginning of the Patreon that's called Read Like a Badass. And it's like, I don't know, 15 pages or something that actually brings you through. It it enhances your reading experience. So as you're reading a book, it asks you questions like, you know, if you go to the author's website, what can you find out about them? Or as you're reading along, there's space for you to write down maybe different studies or different things that the author says that you'd like to do further digging into. Uh, it also allows you space to write down the main points, some things that you don't want to forget about the book. Uh, so it, it's really a way to enhance your reading experience, especially as you're reading books like some of the ones we've read on this podcast, that it would be good to be able to remember what was in the book without maybe having to go back through and reading the entire thing. So uh, I hope I hope you will check that out. And I, I just want to... I'm going to probably say this every episode from now until episode 80, but I am so, so grateful for you guys. I, when I started this, I thought I'd get like five people. I was really convinced that there wasn't going to be a market for what I was talking about. And I have found so much support from this community, so much support from you guys who are interested in these books that it's just, it warms my heart. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here, for listening, for enjoying these books with me, for coming on this ride. Okay, um, let me tell you about the book. Let me tell you about the book. So I'm going to read the back of the book here. The name of the book is Fat Girl Walking by Brittany Gibbons. With Fat Girl Walking, Brittany Gibbons wants to start a conversation or continue a conversation, one she inadvertently started a while ago when she took her clothes off on a stage in front of 700 people. A lot of people thought she was awesome for doing that. Now she's made it her personal mission on her blog, in social media, on television, and now in this amazing book to destroy the ridiculous myth that every woman who is overweight hates her body and herself. Brittany Gibbons and the curvy girl she speaks to every day on the internet beg to differ. They love their bodies. They love fashion. They are in loving relationships, having lots of sex. They aren't just a fetish. They are normal women. Sure, sometimes they doubt themselves, they're not robots, but not any more than every other woman on the planet. Fat Girl Walking is a collection of stories from Brittany's life, her thoughts about the issues that she has faced as a woman, 
wife, mom, daughter, daughter-in-law, and internet personality in regards to her weight. She's tried to be as honest as she possibly could, but hopefully any discomfort you feel will quickly be replaced by laughter. She also asks some tough questions, things like, what if my husband weighs less than I do, and is my body hate ruining my daughter's life? Read Fat Girl Walking, start having those conversations, and maybe save all of womankind. This was a really fun book. Like it was, it was very, it, it was that type of a book where it would ask you something uncomfortable and then it would, would have some type of a, a laughter event right after. Like Brittany Gibbons is very, very funny. Uh, so that, I appreciated that a lot because sometimes this can be pretty heavy stuff. Uh, and I had the perfect guest to talk about this book. I, Honestly, I had found, I'd stumbled across my guest's podcast called Peach Please. Uh, and it's really a wonderful podcast. I think the reason I found it is because I was following Kelly Belly Ohio on Instagram. And if you're not following Kelly Belly, uh, you should. <laughs> I really like her Instagram account. And I think I put her into the search bar on podcasts. And that is how I found her because she was on Katie's podcast, Peach Please. And I really enjoyed the conversation a lot. So I reached out to Katie in order to start a conversation. And then I started following Katie on Instagram and she does this really cool thing. It's kind of like an outfit a day thing where she actually shows you uh, how to be stylish at the size of body she is in. And I appreciate that because we're about the same size and uh I am <laughs> dragon pants and t-shirts kind of cool uh, <laughs> but she's also a lot younger than I am so there's certain things that I'm like I just couldn't pull that off but I love watching this unfold on her Instagram it's just it's gotten me to be a little bit more creative with my own clothing style so uh I hope you will enjoy and check out those things uh okay so let me let me, uh, let me read Katie's bio. Katie Winnen is passionate about supporting others and feeling empowered in their bodies. On her podcast, Peach Please, Katie talks to folks about sharing their stories and experiences within the plus size community and speaks openly about fat phobia in society. Katie is also a content creator on TikTok and Instagram, where she shares her plus size outfits of the day. I really hope that you enjoy this episode with Katie Winnen about Fat Girl Walking by Brittany Gibbons. Hi, Katie. Welcome to Fat Girl Book Club. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. I think this is going to be a really great discussion because this book, Fat Girl Walking, just, it was so unexpected. Like it was just so, there were so many different really great aspects of it. So mm -hmm. I can't wait to get into that, but I want to start with learning a little bit about your journey. So how did you find body positivity, body liberation? How did that come into your life? Oh, yes. Um, that is such a great question. I, you know what, to be honest, I think that that came into my life. It was a result of feeling very tired of frankly, hating myself. Um, I was just like, my relationship with my body had for, well, at this, I, I, I used to say a majority of my life, but at this point, I think it's half of my life because I'm getting older. So, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we can, aren't we all, um, but anyway, for a large portion of my life, um, I just remember absolutely hating, like just everything about myself. It makes me so sad to say that, but I mean, physically, like just 
like internally everything. I just was so unhappy with it. And it was, I think, cause I was for uh, several reasons. I was constantly comparing myself to other people. Um, I was typically the biggest, I was the only fat girl in my group of friends. I was the only plus size person in my crew uh, for most of my life. I was told by family members and by doctors and teachers, you know, just like adults who I had kind of deemed as like these know all people um, in my head as a child and as a teenager that I was getting big and that I was, you know, like it was a problem and that my body was a problem and it was something that needed to be fixed. And so I think that at a certain point, it was after college, I just remember like sitting down on my break at work one day and feeling like, this, I just, I hate that. Like this is, I'm so tired of this, you know, like I think I remember when I was deciding what I wanted to do, um, like what I want to get my degree in for college. I remember thinking, I just wanted to be happy. Like, I think that a lot of times my goals, that's what it just comes back to is like, I just want to, I don't really care as much about what I'm doing with my life or like where, who I'm with or where I'm at. It's just like, if I'm happy, then like, I'm very open to how the rest of it looks. And I remember thinking like, this is not like, I'm never going to be happy feeling this way. Like I'm never going to be happy constantly dieting or picking myself apart or refusing to look at myself in pictures or just like speaking, speaking about myself in ways I would never, ever think of like speak about anybody else, you know, or think about anybody else. And so I think that kind of kickstarted things for me of like, let me just, let me just be curious about maybe trying to do things differently and like having a different relationship with my body and a different relationship with food. For me, those things were very intertwined, my relationship with food and my relationship with my body. And I think that like around that time, a huge part of that process for me was finding community, finding other people who like understood, uh, my feelings and not feeling like I was the only fat girl in my group of friends or, you know, like in places that I went and it, it it's, it, it's cheesy, but like the first time I was in a space of other like plus size folks who were just like in a place have, who had done that work themselves and were in a place of like, either like body, like peace or neutrality or positive, you know, like having that positive relationship with their body, however they would describe it. Essentially being in a space with other plus size and fat folks who didn't like, weren't actively like hating themselves and talking about how much they hated themselves. It completely changed my life because I felt like, wow, I, I, I didn't know this existed before, you know, like, I didn't know this is like, this, like, I feel seen, I feel understood. I feel inspired. I feel connected. I felt all the things. And I feel like that was a huge like point in, um, going forward of just wanting to, uh, continue that connection with myself, with this community that was like quickly becoming so important to me. Um, and I started to want to learn more and understand more and like understand where like the body positive movement came from and what was fat phobia and like just all of these things that I was really immersing myself in in and hearing. And so it kind of kickstarted then. So since then, I feel like the learning never stops, you know, the, like the relationship with your body is very much that it's a relationship. So it like, it just, it continues and it, it's an everyday thing, but I feel like that was really kind of where it started. It was just getting to a point of feeling like fed up. Like I just, we need to try something different because what we've been doing is just, it's not working. Right. Right. So how did you find these people? Like, you're like, okay, I know I need to do something different, but I know for most people, they have no idea that this kind of stuff even really exists. How mm-hmm. did you end up connecting with a group of people that were body liberationists? Yeah, that's such a good question. I feel like a very key part of uh, 
this whole process that I did not mention. So thank you for asking that. So I'd say the internet was very much my friend in this situation. Um, I looked up like any Facebook groups, meetup groups that I possibly could find. I like had, I don't remember exactly how I was introduced to the person, but I ended up joining this group, uh, based in the Bay area where I'm at, um, called fat brunch. And it was this group of fat folks who would get together every month to get like brunch or dinner or like go to events together. And so I was introduced to that Facebook group and I attended one of the, um, brunch events. And that was that first experience where I was in that space with other like plus size fat folks. That was just so life-changing. And also I attended this training through an organization that's based out here in the Bay area called the body positive. And, um, I think actually some of the founders, Connie, um, I'm going to, I can't remember her last name, but Connie and Elizabeth, uh, are the founders of that organization. And I think, um, a big premise of starting that starting the body positive was around like, uh, hoping to to recover and shift relationships with food in our bodies. And so they offered a like professionals train, like a licensing training. They come up with this, this curriculum and I attended that training. And that was also super, not only helpful for myself, but it was something that like allowed me to connect with other people who were also very invested in this, like this world, you know, um, not only plus size and fat folks, but also just like all bodies and all different types of people. So that was really helpful as well. But, um, and then lastly, I would say I very, very fortunately, one of my best friends, I think we had, oh my gosh, she just texted me. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I like, That's so funny. Um, I was just about to, yeah, just talking about her and my phone literally just lit up like, Beck Cooper just texted you. That is so cool. Anyway, so fortunately, one of my best friends yeah. um, and I have been very paralleled in this journey. Like everything from like, we were very invested in the like, uh, like we were friends in high school. So we were by kind of the two in the group who were like hating ourselves all the time and then shifted into the like the wellness space of like, oh, this is, you know, we're making lifestyle changes. And then also came out of that fog at the same time of like really getting into like anti-diet, healing our relationships with food, um, fat liberation, fat, uh, like positivity and politics. So having that relationship with her was also super helpful because I feel like as much as I was doing this work and connecting with these people, she was also doing it. So we were able to do it together. So I'd say like a, a combination of all of those, it was kind of all like happening around the same time. So that is incredible. That's so amazing. Like there's so many people that have come on and talked about community and community being really important, but for a lot of people, I guess it's, it's online and that's how they start it online. They might go to real life stuff after that, but yeah, that's how you kind of started was these real life situations. And I love that. That is so wonderful. Thank you. I'm the biggest fan of a Facebook group. I have to say like the last couple of years, I'm not very active on Facebook at all, but like prior to, to COVID I was, I think I was at like 200 and something Facebook groups. I was just such a fan because, because there are just these spaces, these little communities that you can join and like, and having these common experiences or interests with other people. And there's a group for everything. There's a group for like, you know, fat folks in the Bay area for fat folks around the world, for fashion, for plants, for makeup, you know, like anything that you're interested in, there's a group for it. And I was just so excited about that. Cause it was just like an automatic opportunity to be able to connect with other people who were like, in the same place that I was or who were interested in the same thing I was. So I'd say that online, I think, um, can be a really powerful place to like connect with others, you know? Right. You yeah. Know, I agree. I think uh, most of my stuff has been online because there's not a, 
there's not a ton of things here. Like uh, I have other friends in Canada who kind of we're just spread out so far. It's just so hard to bring yeah. it all together. So yeah, the tendency is online and that can be mm-hmm. really powerful too. Like you said, that can be really powerful, but for uh, sure being able to do it in person and hopefully, hopefully, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with COVID. It's like, yeah, they're starting to, I guess it depends on which area you're in, but here where I'm at, they are starting to lift everything. And you kind mm-hmm. of, does that mean we're going to like see like, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a mystery. I, there also have been lifting a lot of things here too. Um, I actually just got back from a trip to Armenia. Um, I was there for work and because the company I work for is based out there and it was very interesting to get to see what this whole other country, like how they're kind of navigating through, through this long story short or like short story short there. I think it's, everybody's over it. Everybody is, is over it. And it's, I think it's kind of a, there's, there's so many layers as to why, and that could be like probably its own podcast episode in and of itself. But, um, Armenians are a very, uh, resilient and strong group of people. And they've been through a lot and they actually just ended a war in 2020, like a war where it's a small country. And many of them were like actively being drafted into war and like fighting for their lives and their families. So I think it put perspective in things of like, Hey, okay. Like this virus is, is something that's important. And you know, we have these lives that we're like fighting for, like at war. So, um, so anyway, I know that like, all that to say is that it's just, it is really different and it is, um, like, you know, just country to country, state to state. It's so much is shifting, but it is, it was wild because I feel like being in the Bay area, especially we've maintained certain like mask mandates and whatnot, like just up until very, very recently. And I think a lot of people are still personally upholding them. So it was kind of like a, oh, wow. Like just busting out of my bubble (laughs) into another place to say, okay, so we're doing things differently in other places. (laughs) Okay. My last question for you before we get into the book. uh, Yes. Did you find that there was a difference in attitudes around body stuff when you were in Armenia? Oh, that's such a good question. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's a great question. Uh, A little bit. Okay. So I, where do I want to start with this? I think that, so sorry. No, 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 no. There's no, I'm so glad that we're talking about this. I, so as I mentioned, the company I work for is based in Armenia. I had a really incredible opportunity. Um, I think it's pretty incredible to create this like course for internally for the, the company about size discrimination and fat phobia. And that felt like a really, really cool opportunity because I know that uh, I think there's a lot of companies who are more progressive that are really leaning into DEI, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and these pillars of DEI. And I find that um, size is never included in those initiatives. And I think that it's an incredibly important pillar to include in those initiatives, particularly as it intersects with other pillars. And so I was very like open about my podcast and about, you know, other work and like experiences that I had coming into that role and feel very like grateful that that was very welcomed and encouraged. And so I had kind of like set the president precedent coming into that company. Like, here's the things that I believe in the things that I want to teach you. So I think that that a lot of people had known that um, coming in, like there was coworkers that I had in Armenia who like listened to the podcast or who had taken that course. And so that was really, really helpful um, internally within the company. I'd say outside of that, I don't know if I necessarily, I felt, I felt very like spotlighted for being American. Um, and maybe that was like, 
it was me kind of, uh, what's the word compartmentalizing things. So I didn't take it on as much about being like fat, but I think it was more so being American and being in a group of like seven other Americans who were just like very much American walking down the street. We definitely had people like take pictures of us and take videos of us, um, you know, because we're, we're also like a pretty diverse group of group of folks. And like, you know, the head of our department is she's queer and she's more like mask presenting and she has blue hair and, you know, then there's just all of us and we're just a sight to see, you know, so very people will look at us and they're like, oh, you're not from here. So, you know, but I think it's typically approached more with curiosity than with like judgment or shame. The interesting thing though, that I will mention is that there were some experiences that I had there that like kind of highlighted the, um, I guess like lack of inclusivity when it comes to size. And one that particularly comes to mind was we went to go, we scheduled massages, me and some of the people from my team wanted to like take advantage of the lower prices. And we were like, you know, they're for work. So we're like, let's do a thing and let's get massages. And I think pretty much almost every like fat person listening probably knows like somewhat where this is going to go. So we went to get massages and basically we get to the place. Um, it's, it's like a uh, resort or a spa inside of a hotel and we get there. And because there's like a group of six of us, they could only take two of us at a time. So they said, okay, the others while waiting, you can like hang out in our little like sauna lounge area. And so we get into the locker room where they tell us we can change and we open the lockers and there's robes for us. And so I immediately, I was like, this is probably not going to fit me. Like I'm my, all my other coworkers, the team that I was with are like thin people, they're small. So I see them coming out of the bathrooms, changing their robes. And they're all like talking about how like cozy they are and how big the robe fits them. And like snuggling in this cloud. And before it even got to me, I went out and I talked to the receptionist about Hey, do you have bigger robes? And she said, no, you know, and also trying to communicate the best I could speaking English and not speaking Armenian. Um, and she like, she was, she tr- tried to be helpful. She really tried to try to be helpful. And she even like went back and looked around and looked in laundry, but wasn't able to find anything. So when it got to my turn, I like took my robe and I took a deep breath. And honestly, Jen, I'd been preparing myself for this most of the day. I think that like leading into this, I really wanted to be excited about this, this chance to just relax and get a massage. But I had a feeling I was like, if there's a robe involved, this, this may not go my way. So like, I just kind of need to like emotionally and mentally prepare myself for if that happens. So I had that in my head about, you know, just kind of like how I might navigate the situation. But sure enough, I got in the bathroom. I didn't even take my clothes off. I tried it on on top of my clothes because I didn't even want to bother. And like, and it didn't fit, you know, like it like barely, I could barely get the two ends to like touch each other. And, but I just knew it was like, there was no way I was going to feel comfortable in that situation. And I had already told myself, I was like, if it doesn't fit, I'm just going to go because I just feel like I thought about maybe bringing a pair of sweats or something to like change into in case that happened. But I was like, I don't want to feel like more othered in this situation, sitting in this group of like my thin coworkers wearing their fluffy, cozy robes. And I'm like sitting here in a sweatsuit because I can't fit into the robe, you know, like if they're not going to, if there's not like a chance for me to like feel included in the situation, like I just, I'll, I, I won't spend the money here, you know, I'll take that elsewhere. Um, so that's what happened. I definitely got more emotional than I like expected. And, um, and that was tough, but you know what? I think that coming out of that situation, I, looking back, what I realized is that I didn't, I wasn't like taking it out on my body. I wasn't feeling like, Oh, I'm so like, I hate you. And I'm so mad at you. And like, if only you were smaller, 
it was more just like it was anger and it was frustration. And there was some shame, particularly because there was uh, one of my teammates who's actually my manager. She was in the bathroom when it happened. So she saw me get a little bit emotional. So I was kind of like, oh, I don't love that. Like I had that attention on me, you know, but she was very, very understanding. But anyway, so it was a whole thing. And I think that like it was, I don't know. Yeah, I, there's like a lot of layers to it in terms of was that like the culture that just like people are small and they kind of like don't have options for larger body people. I kind of avoided clothing shopping there because I just didn't even want to like put myself in the situation of like not being able to find things my size, but yeah, it was challenging. And you know what though? I was speaking to one of my teammates after the fact, and she was like, that opened up a really important dialogue for us. And like that, like opened up some really important conversations that I think we all like needed to have. And I think that speaking to them afterwards instead of, I was very conscious to not say like, oh, it's, it's okay. It's fine. But to say like, yeah, this is fucked up. And this is like, you know, on the plane right here, like the seatbelt barely fit me. And like, you know, like the seats were very uncomfortable and this happened and that happened. And this is what life is like, you know, when we go out to eat, I'm looking at the chairs and if the chairs have arms, I don't know if they're going to be, if they're going to fit me, if I'm going to be able to sit comfortably. And this is what this life looks like for me. And if it looks like this for me, then it looks like this for so many other people. And so I think that that felt really important to like, use it as a chance to kind of spotlight, like, you know, as a thin person, like this isn't something you probably ever think about, but like for a lot of people, this is the reality. So anyway, another long-winded answer, but like, that was definitely like some of the things that came up. So for sure. Well, and, and like all of those things that you just mentioned, like even if the, if the robe even had fit, it's sort of like you spent all that time and that mental energy and that kind of getting prepared for it to not work out. Um, and people may not even see any of that either, but there's so much going on underneath the surface of us having to worry about these things that other people just take for granted. It's never a thing, you know, very true. Um, Yeah. It's, there's a whole mental and emotional component that sometimes gets lost in this. That's that it can be, uh, I mean, especially if the situation works out because you're kind of going, okay, who, all yeah. right. Okay. Okay. I can sit here. Um, but, uh, that has gone on. That's just so overwhelming and hard to deal with and takes away as they say with spoon theory takes away some of your spoons. So, so many spoons, you, you know, you don't have the energy to work on something that you actually, you know, something for work or yeah. something in your personal life. You don't have that option yeah. because you've already been so exhausted from dealing with these situations that may have worked out, but your back was up the entire time. Yeah. It's, it's so depleting. And I I think it's something that so many of us, I know are so familiar with, you know, like, and I'm thinking about like going to the doctor or again, like getting on a flight, you know, like going out to a restaurant, going to an amusement park, like there's all of these situations and it's like, well, this could go a couple different ways. And it's just that like putting on that armor, like getting ready for that battle and preparing yourself in a way of like, well, th- it's very real that it could go a couple different ways. So if it goes this way, this is what we're going to do. And if it goes that way, this is what we're going to do. And to some, it might feel like, you know, like maybe like extra or like too much, but like, I feel like that's to me, it's like, it's just the process, you know, because it's a very, it's a reality. So it's just kind of something that like has to happen. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. For sure. So I feel everything about that story. Yeah. was like, I felt that I just felt that. So um, we're going to move from that over to this book, Let's do it. which was such a like light, like, uh, I feel like we've been, we kind of had this serious yeah. <laughs> yeah. about this book. 
let's do it. It's time. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. I I was, I'm so glad that we got to read this. Uh, I can't remember how I heard about Brittany mm-hmm. Gibbons. Why? Cause I had this one sitting in my to be read pile for a really long time. So I heard about Brittany somewhere or another. I can't remember where, do you remember how you found out about Brittany Gibbons? I absolutely do. So, okay. So I, where was it? So I actually, I know Brittany from her podcast, girls, girls, and I have been listening to this podcast for like, since at least 2017, 2018. Like I've been listening for a long time and I love her so much. Her and Meredith solo who hosts the show. I'm just the biggest fans. I'm actually, I got through, I was so like impatient waiting for new episodes that I started re-listening to the episodes and there's like, there's years of episodes. And so I love the pod. I I just love them both. So (laughs) that's how I uh, became familiar with Brittany. I think that I found the podcast on like a list, like a like a blog post or something of like top, like, I think it was labeled as body positive or like, you know, like, uh, like plus size podcast, something like that to listen to. So I was, and that was very much at the start of kind of when we were talking earlier about getting more involved into like the plus size community and like that whole, all that like good body stuff. So, so yeah, so that's how I became familiar with her. And I knew that she was a writer and I think she has a few books and I like, I hadn't written or excuse me, read any. So when you reached out, I was like, yes, this is the perfect time. Um, I've been like wanting to read one of Brittany's books. So that's how I became, I became familiar with her. Is the podcast just as funny as the book or is the podcast more funny than the book? It, It totally is. So I think that like Brittany is definitely just as funny on the podcast. And she actually says pretty often, like it's important for her to be known like humor and like being funny or things that she wants to be known as. And I think she just does the best job of doing that. So it's like, I'm constantly laughing, especially her with Meredith, like Meredith, like their conversations and their like rapport and connection is just, it's so great. It's just my favorite thing to feel like I'm there just like hanging out with them, you know? Um, but yeah, she's just as funny. It's what is interesting is that I think as you listen to the podcast and like, listen more, especially as it heads into like 2016 and like all the things that have happened there that happened like 2016 to, you know, the 2020 election. And then also with like COVID and with like these like social justice movements and just like everything that's been going on since like 2016, I think understandably there's, uh, there's like more of a heaviness in the reality of, life, um, that I think is like in court, like, uh, addressed in the show because this is real life, you know? So, um, they, I have heard episodes where they've talked about like, Hey, like we want to bring back the, you know, the lightness and the humor of like, you know, the beginning. And I've, I feel like they've always maintained that humor throughout. Um, but it is interesting hearing kind of the like shift in tone as the, as the podcast progresses and how that reflects kind of the world, (laughs) just what's going on. So, yeah. Yeah, it can be hard to be really funny and oh, yeah. in light of things that have happened for sure. Oh yeah, for, for sure. sure. And that's just like collectively, let alone what's going on in your personal life, right? So v- fair, totally fair. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so she, I mean, she really kind of bears it all in this book about uh, things to do with her family and how she was feeling with her husband. And there were so many different experiences in here. Were there any that stuck out as really relatable to you? Oh my gosh, so many. Yeah, well, first of all, I mean- as I mentioned, I've been listening to Brittany for, uh, like at least four years, like maybe five years at this point. So I just turned 30 in November. So Brittany talks about in the book that she's 30, you know, when this book comes out. So it's a really interesting, like 
it's almost like I'm really glad that I waited to, well, I'm glad I waited in order to have this conversation with you. And also to be at this point in my life and reading this, like with someone that I'm such a fan of and getting to read it when she was at a similar point in life. I mean, similar age wise, but also very different because I'm like not married with three kids by the time I'm 30, you know? So, so there's that difference. But I think something that I really, I mean, there are like individual, like, uh, experiences that she talks about that I really connect with, like with dieting and with like diet pills, uh, when she talks about body dysmorphia, when she talks about like experiences with dating, um, there's so many things I was like taking notes on my phone about like every time one would come up and be like, yeah, I know exactly what that's like. And I think that's something that like just more overall generally that I really connected with or that I appreciated was like listening to Brittany on the podcast. She has such a, like, there's so much like confidence and like self-assuredness when it comes to her and her relationship with her body. And I think to somebody who is kind of growing that relationship with their body, it can feel like, like, how did you get there? You know, like, have you always been like this? Like, have you always just been like, so like pro body at peace with your body and yourself and like, you know, fat positive and all these things are like, because that's how I felt. I was just like, oh, you've just always been like this. So getting to read this book and hear about these experiences made me realize like, Oh no, you like, we have a very shared similar past. And it made me very hopeful that like continuing to move forward, like, and continuing to make progress, like that's an attainable place, you know? So, um, that was also like a a big connection. I felt like it's just kind of these shared past experiences and like being at certain places in your life and places with your body at this point in life of being 30. It's so many things in there that I related to, to so many, I didn't, mm, I'm going to be yeah. experiences that I was like, okay, I've never, I've never done that. I have no idea what that's like. Um, and I think the one that it was so moving to me, but definitely not relatable was when she was talking about her daughter mm. and how she's looking at her daughter and realizing that she's basically teaching her daughter to not, to not love her body. Yeah. I wish I could say that I have had that type of experience because I think that that that's a huge why. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. I think that's a, that's beautiful. Um, but it, that would definitely, I was like, no, I don't, um, that's not, yeah. me. you know, that's not my why. Same. I, I mean, again, not having kids, you know, so like, I can't relate to that. I can relate to, I think though, the mother daughter connection in your relationship with your body, because I think I have a younger sister, so it's been me and my sister and we've always, had a pretty, like, I mean, as teenagers, I feel like we were so awful and so hormonal. Um, but we've also had like really close relationships with our, with our mom, um, individually and together. And I think that something I think about a lot is that growing up, my mom was always so supportive of us. Like she was always telling us how uh, smart and we were and capable we were and how beautiful we were and all the like positive things but the way she spoke about herself was, was, was really awful. Like, I just, I remember that standing out a lot about her being, her being fat or like not being, being ugly or just like, so like self-deprecating and so negative and terrible. And that's a hundred percent what we soaked up, you know, and that's like what we absorbed and very much, I think to like Gigi in the book with Brittany. And so I do relate to, I relate to Gigi in that situation. And I relate to that, like, example of seeing your mom as this, as this role model in your life. And it's like, uh, I remember my mom used to say a lot growing up, like, do as I say, not as I do, but it was very much the opposite of like, well, I'm watching what you're doing and your actions are speaking way louder than your words are because, you know, you're telling me that 
I'm beautiful and I'm all these positive things, but like you're talking about yourself in that way. So I'm going to then take on that habit of talking to myself that way, you know? So, um, I did, I connected with it in a different, in a different way. Yeah. I think, you know what, putting it that way, you're right. I I feel like I feel the Mm. same way. Um, that my, my, exactly the same. My mom used to tell me how amazing I was. Um, and then she would go to Weight Watchers. Exactly. Jenny Craig. Yeah. All the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So I think that that's a good way to look at it. And I, uh, yeah. And I think it's a really good, like, I mean, how else are we going to teach our, like, how else are we going to stop throwing people into this river of, of diet culture uh, and us trying to pull them out? Like we got to go back to the source and this is starts with kids, yeah. right? If we can start to get them to accept their own bodies and stop harassing other kids for their bodies uh, we've done some, yeah. you know, it's amazing. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And I, and I do have hope and I hope that like our generation as we're kind of like understanding these connections and understanding how these experiences impacted us in these way, uh, in these ways, especially being so immersed in and involved in things like, um, body politics and fat liberation and whatnot. Um, that then as we are involved with the next generation, whether it's as, parents or aunts and uncles, or, you know, like however, however it is, whatever that connection is, we'll then also like, we'll be able to pass that on and, you know, like provide them maybe with a different experience because I feel like growing up, I just, I just never had somebody tell me that it was like bodies are supposed to be different or it's okay to not, to not look like your friend or it's okay to look different. Like I never got any of that messaging. And and, I mean, I was born in the nineties. So, you know, like I grew up in the nineties and the two thousands with like, bodies were the accessory and it was about like crop tops and, and low rise jeans. And it was just like, how thin can you be? Because that's what you should attain or like strive to be. And there was just never any type of messaging about like bodies are actually supposed to like supposed to be different. And it like, it's okay for them to look different. So yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Like, don't you think like now that we're like, you know, we're, we're out of the matrix, (laughs) Yes. you know, you're sort of like, it's kind of funny that we never thought of this. Like we're okay with people being different mm-hmm. heights. That's totally a spectrum we're okay with. But for some reason yeah. we think we need to all conform. Why? Like, why did we think everything that? else? Like different color hair, like, yeah, different heights, different races, gender, like all these things, but like size, no, you should all be like this. <laughs> so weird. Uh, speaking of motherhood, though, yes. she does talk about feeling sexy as a mother. Mm. I think for people in larger bodies, this can be a really hard thing anyway, yeah. because I don't know for me when, even when trying to like find stuff online, uh, like to kind of get this idea, like wrapping my head around this idea that women, I guess, or people in plus size bodies can be sexy. Mm-hmm. It, I find it goes into this realm of fetishization. For sure. Say that word. Um, and so sometimes I struggle with this. Yeah. So what were your thoughts around, you know, just trying to, trying to feel sexy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, again, not a mother. I also though, like definitely connect with that, like how, like exploring how to feel sexy in the body that I'm in and in a larger body. And with, like you said, without it feeling fetishized. And I think something that I've been thinking about recently is kind of like this idea of like, for me, how sexiness has always been connected to like 
femininity and how femininity so often is connected as a like femme person, it, how femininity is so often connected to like daintiness and smallness, you know, and like, kind of like, like working backwards as to like, okay, well, how do I connect this with this? And then what does that mean? And what does that look like? And like thinking about other books, I'm like, uh, honestly, truthfully, I'm a like rom-com like die hard when it comes to books. I'm just like, I want it to be easy. I want there to be a happy ending. Like I just, that's what I go for over and over again. And the like part of the books, the like trope that I get so frustrated about and that I like constantly want to call out to other people is the one where it's the heterosexual relationship and the female in the relationship tries on the man's shirt and it's like so big on her and it like goes past her knees and it's like a big tent on her. And it's just this, like, she's this like tiny little thing. And she's this like representation of femininity and sexiness and all these things. And she's so small. Right. And so that's, I think what like the struggle for me, I've realized is in feeling sexy is like, Oh, well, it's because it's like wired in my brain that like sexiness in some way is connected to smallness. And because that's smallness is connecting to, is connected to femininity and femininity is what I connect to feeling sexy. And I just don't connect myself with smallness. So I think that I, again, in a different way outside of motherhood connect with that struggle of feeling sexy. And that's kind of been my like recent journey with it of like, okay, well, how can I feel if femininity is what feels sexy to me? How can I discover that minus having to feel small, you know? And I think that like, honestly, like coming back to the internet, social media has been a really, really beautiful place to be able to try to, uh, like heal that. And I think I had a photographer on my podcast. I cannot remember which episode it was. Um, but her name was Christy and she was talking about how something she recommends to clients is like, if you are feeling uncomfortable with getting in front of a camera or with, you know, like feeling comfortable or confident, like find other people on the internet or on social media who have a body type that's similar to yours. Or if it's your arms that you're struggling with or your tummy or, you know, uh, your legs, find somebody who has a feature similarly to yours, because so often we'll look at them and feel like, wow, like they're like so beautiful or they look so good or they look so strong, you know, like whatever it is that, that, uh, ties to confidence and to sexiness to you, but it's just so much harder to see that in ourselves, you know? So it's a journey. We're working on it, but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, do you find, cause I know I've seen some of your reels on Instagram. Do you find, cause I know they're like mm-hmm. style videos, like you'll put on clothes and, and kind of play with fashion a little bit. Are you finding that that's a way into confidence and sexiness for you? I, I do. I find that it is, is helpful. I think a little bit. And I think that the interesting part of it is And it ties into what Brittany also talked about, about her like body dysmorphia is that I have a very morphed way of how I view my body. And so I remember she was talking about being on a talk show and somebody had taken a picture of her on the talk show and she looked at the picture and she's like, whoa, that is not what my body looks like because she had been so used to seeing it in certain angles and in certain ways herself and in front of, you know, the, the, the shoot, the, the, excuse me, the photos maybe that she took or the angles she was looking at in the mirror. And I relate to that so much. And I think especially with like shooting reels or shooting TikToks, just making content in general, I'm always doing it by myself. So I always just have like, I have my little stand or a ring light, or I'm propping my phone up somewhere. And I'm just kind of like shooting myself in like that particular angle or, or way. And it kind of gives me this 
very like, like one dimensional idea or like two dimensional idea of what my body looks like. So then when I catch myself in another angle or when I catch myself, like there's a candid photo or something like that, very similarly to to Brittany's reaction, I'll be like, wait, like, I, like, I just don't know what my body looks like, you know? And like, and I've had conversations with other fat friends about that, about how, like, I just, I, I don't know, because I look at one angle in the mirror from a certain distance and I'm like, okay, that looks, that's kind of how in my head, I think I look, but then I look from a different angle or I look from farther away, or I look from this, you know, passing by a window, you you know, just like catching myself, like in my body moving in life or in a photo. And I'm like, wait, that doesn't align. So I don't know. It's, it's caught. And I'm still figuring that out, honestly. So I think in some ways, like the exposure to the camera has helped making content because for a large part of my life, I was like, I don't want to be in front of the camera. Um, but it is like, it's within my control, you know, it's not like, uh, like, it's not like, um, like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very controlled environment that I'm, that I'm looking at it through. So in some ways it's definitely helped. And in other ways, it's like, it, it, it hasn't made it worse. I think it's just brought things to the surface that I'm like working on addressing, if that makes sense. Yes. 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 We, I mean, it's, it's so great that you're willing to do the work because there's so many of us that would just be like, okay, done now. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Um, I know I was, I was telling somebody else on, I don't know, a different conversation I was having with someone. And I was like, you know, I'm used to, I'm used to where I live. I'm used to my own camera. I'm used to all these things. Mm-hmm. And I went over to my sister's house one day and she's got this big floor to ceiling kind of mirror. And we're sitting at the kitchen table and she stood up and I'm looking in this mirror at me and her. And it was like, all of a sudden I realized how big, like, cause I had been looking in mirrors in my house at just me. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm looking, standing there and my sister standing next to me and she's quite a few sizes smaller than I am. And I just felt huge. And I was like, okay, I haven't had this feeling in a really long time mm-hmm. where I felt so terrible about my body. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm glad for though, is that that used to bring up this whole, okay, let's start the diet. Yes. Diet starts I tomorrow. To yeah. This. And, and that it didn't, it didn't do that. It just, it made me feel sad. Yeah. It made me feel sad. Yeah. I, I completely relate to that. It reminds me of, um, I'm trying to remember what Brittany calls it in the book, something about cake, about like no more cake or something like that, where she decides when she used to decide she was going to go on a diet, she'd like eat everything and she'd like eat the cake and eat everything she wanted to. And in hopes or like in a method of being like, okay, now I won't want this anymore ever. So because my diet starts tomorrow. So I'll be able to like get quote unquote, get on track. But I very much relate to that. And I think that that's, I have to remind myself that that is, is very much progress. You know, it's just like, it's like, similarly to what I said with the robe, it's like coming out of that situation. I wasn't like, fuck you body. I hate you. And I'm going to make you smaller. And we're going to start a diet tomorrow. It was though, it brought up feelings of like, uh, of sadness and it brought up these emotions. And I kind of have the perspective now of if those emotions are coming to the surface, they're ready to be dealt with, you know, they're ready to be like processed and and given space to feel and then start to like move through them. And I don't have to necessarily analyze them and understand like, you know, uh, analyze them and make a plan for, for breaking through them and solving them at the moment, but they're just, they're there and and they're present and we can feel them and we can just, you know, respect them. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, and it's wonderful. We're not throwing our attention to something that's not going to be helpful. We're throwing attention to something that 
if we can work through it, um, you know, maybe when we encounter it the next time, the feelings will be different. And that I think, like you said, is progress for so sure. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think she called at one point when she was talking about food, she talked about revenge eating. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever revenge ate? And, and this brought up something for me too, mm-hmm. when I was reading was her attitude towards food. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, so that's kind of the two things I kind of want to explore next is sort of, do you revenge eat? And then what do you think Brittany's attitude was towards food? What she was basically saying is that if somebody, like if she felt like she was supposed to go on a diet, like um, you and I were talking about those two situations that maybe would have put us into a position where we're like, okay, we need to diet. She would get mad about the fact that she had Mm. to go on a diet. So she would just kind of get resentful about it. And she would just start eating all this other stuff and be mad about the fact that she was supposed to be on a diet. Like it was like revenge eating kind of thing. I, you know what? I don't, I can't say that I have done that. Like, I think that our, in my relationship with food, it hasn't been such a like spiteful thing. I think that it has been, I connect with her, with her eating habits in terms of like some of the binging or like sometimes how it's like tied to emotions. I think I heard Brittany talk about how, when she gets very like anxious or stressed, she kind of like more so loses her appetite. And that's kind of like how my body also like things just shut off. Like when I'm like really, really anxious, that's how I know I'm like need to start working through some things where I just like my appetite is just non-existent. So, um, but I, but I still have had plenty of, uh, plenty of, uh, like, uh, experiences with binging like otherwise. Um, but the, but the revenge thing, like, I think that th- that's different and it's always interesting to hear how like people's relationship with food looks and, and behaves, um, from person to person, because we all like, I think so many of us have different, like, like ways, uh, processes with about it, you know, like just the relationship looks different. So how about you? Have you, is that an experience you've had? I think I have had that experience, but I like the diet. So my relationship with food was, I was like an A plus dieter. I can, Mm -hmm. I, I do very little things, um, perfectly, but I always felt like I, I, I was really good at dieting. So like I went to one diet, which had prepackaged food and I, and I was on it for a year and a half and I didn't deviate like at all, like at all. The one time I did was for my birthday. And I actually talked with my coach about it before and she coached me through it. Like it was like a, it was like an allowed thing, but I felt like I was being so bad. Um, I did two bodybuilding shows. Uh, and with those, you really have to like literally, if you don't follow the diet, then you're going to be on stage having a bunch of people judge you in a two piece. Super restrictive. Yeah. Super restrictive. So, and, and I was very good at it. Like mm-hmm. I was really, really, really good at it. Um, unfortunately, uh, to my own detriment. So when I was allowed to eat again, there was a lot of revenge eating yeah. and I definitely ate my emotions and my relationship has changed quite a bit too, because now I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat that it sounds like you guys are, where if something really bothers me, I do lose my appetite, which mm-hmm. is so weird to me. Like, yeah, now yeah, I, yeah. But, um, yeah. So yeah, it, but you're so right. It manifests differently for everyone. It as does to what they, what they do with it, you know? And, and I mean, I don't know, I think with Brittany, I got the feeling that there was some more morality issues around mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. 
book that I kind of wonder if she's gotten over. Yeah. It's okay. So it's so interesting. And I wanted to bring this up while we were talking about relationships with food, because, um, I was listening to a recent podcast, although I'm going back and listening to all the old podcast episodes of girls, girls. Um, I was listening to a more recent one where Brittany was talking about things happening in her life, particularly related to health. And I think for those who have followed her for a long time or followed her on social media, she has had a drastic change in appearance. So she is no longer plus size. She is, she's thin. Yeah. Which is really interesting. So, and something, and she finally talked about it and it was something that like, I mean, it it was, it was, it's very noticeable because, you know, she like, again, she has fat girl walking, like she's been on the internet for so long. And so just seeing her social media, you know, like, oh, she is in a thin body now. And she finally, I've always been curious, but also like, this is not my business whatsoever, but she did finally talk about it on a recent podcast episode. And what happened was she had a heart attack and, um, she decided, yeah, a mild heart attack. And I think, I believe she's 40 or 41. And so she said, you know what, like, I, like, I want to make choices that are going to support my body and living a long time for my family. And the impression I got, like, especially listening to her and knowing her and like reading this book and whatnot, I feel like it was very much a, like, I'm going to focus on the habits and behaviors that are going to be supportive of my body and wanting to like live my life in this way and, and whatnot. I don't know. It, that, that's how it felt to me. I would like, like to think that it was that way, but you know, who knows? And one <laughs> of the things that she was talking about in like this process was seeking a therapist or, or like talking to a therapist who specialized in disordered eating and understanding that these like binges and this like relationship that she had with food before was like, not necessarily quote unquote normal, you know, like those were not something it wasn't like, I think she described it as like, it wasn't like a quirky thing. <laughs> it was like, this was like a, a, a rooted thing that I needed to, to like work through and deal with. So I don't know how, again, it being a relationship, I feel like these are ongoing things. So I don't know how, like where she is in that like healing process. Um, it sounds like it's like actively being, being worked on though. Um, so yeah. And I think, I think she had the heart attack at the, in like, um, I want to say it was like May of 2020 or something. So it's been almost a couple of years now, but yeah, very interesting getting to hear about that. And then, and then again, just like very interesting. I'd be very curious to see if she com- speaks more about life in a thin body after being like outright, Uh, like I'm a fat person, I'm a fat girl. And this is what, you know, like, like being so in that space and in that community, um, for, for so long. So kind of a tangent, but it's what I heard recently. So. (laughs) Well, and she spent obviously spent a lot of time trying to accept their body the way it was. Exactly. Now it shifted into something that as you know, like, I mean, anyone who's done a diet and lost a little bit of weight knows everyone around you is praising you and telling you how wonderful it is. Yeah. And at the same time, I know for me, when I went through what I did and and I got smaller, I still didn't feel comfortable in my skin. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And I, and I know too, like she had mentioned that in the book where she had lost weight and all she, like she got was compliments, like in one of the times where she lost weight. And I relate to that also. Like, I think that when I was in high school, I had an eating disorder and I was constantly praised with how, how much, how good I looked and like congratulated on my hard work and like all of these things. And it was such a mind fuck because I was so, I was still so unhappy, but I was also like 
basically killing myself. Like I was doing terrible things to my body. And so I can only imagine, I mean, I feel like I see it in her comments on her posts and stuff. People are like, you look so good. What have you been doing? Like, tell us your secret, all of this stuff. And I'm like, I can't even, yeah, I can't even imagine what that, like, again, like what a mind fuck that must be. And like, I, like I said, if she ever decides to talk about it, I'd be very curious to hear more about kind of how she navigates that. Um, because I think that just comments on my body in general, I'm constantly trying to like, they're so hard. They're so hard. And like, and going about whether it's something like, Oh my God, you look great. Have you lost weight? Or like a comment, like on the other side, like, Oh, like, you know, like you've gained weight or like you've gotten bigger or something like that. It's like, what is the right thing to say to that? I think there's, there's probably several answers, but like, constantly trying to figure out the, the quote unquote best way to handle those things. Exactly. It, it really yeah. is hard. It's hard to navigate. I know uh, today somebody said to me, Oh, you look like you've lost weight. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know a scale. I haven't weighed my yeah. years. Like, but that still doesn't set a boundary. That still doesn't yeah. tell that person that I would prefer you didn't, you know what I mean? There's still a lot missing in that kind of a response. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is either. <laughs> We're figuring it out because you have to like also meet yourself where you're at, you know? And like, like, I, I can't help but think about when you said earlier about spoons, it's like, I think about spoons too. It's like, sometimes in those situations, I just need to like handle this in the way where I am like, can get myself out of this without like draining everything that I have, you know? Like, and so the goal, I would love to get to a place where I can like firmly set a boundary or maybe use it as an educational moment or like whatever. But like, like in the meantime, that's kind of my go-to as well is like, I don't, I don't own the scale. I don't know. I don't weigh myself, you know? Um, and it, it feels like, it feels like a good way to kind of, you know, you're not saying like, Oh, thank you. Or, yeah. you know, like encouraging that. I don't know, but I'm, I'm right there with you still trying to figure it out. <laughs> and at the same time, you know, I mean, a lot of activists talk about it and they're like, we don't have to educate other people. We shouldn't have to, you know, yeah. we are the ones in the fat bodies. So we shouldn't yeah. have to explain to these people that what they're saying is offensive. Um, yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't have to do that work for them. So, you know, I mean, like you said, it, it's, it is about being able to keep as many spoons as possible without having to like, you know, get your back up and get worried. Yeah. Feel that anxiety and all the rest of that stuff. So for sure. hundred percent. Uh, Brittany seems to attack absolutely every single, like she seems to have, and it's funny because I had somebody else on the show who kind of talked about body goals that she had like body acceptance goals. And this person talked about, you know, going, there was like this beauty pageant that she was going to go do. Cause they had like, uh, people in larger bodies in this beauty pageant. And there was all these things that she was talking about doing. And, and it reminded me of her when I was reading mm-hmm. about, like Brittany basically seems to say, okay, well, I was really scared to be in a bikini on the internet. So I just did it. And I was really mm-hmm. scared to have sex with my husband every night. So I just did it. And I like, <laughs> she's a very like doer oriented. Yes. Did you relate to that at all uh, in your personal life for anything or with body acceptance? I do a little bit. And I think that like when I had first started to kind of make, take those steps to want to have a more peaceful and positive relationship with my body and to love my body. And, you know, and I, I love, honestly love that idea of loving our bodies. I just also understand that like, it's going to look differently for, for some of us. And for, I think I'm, I embrace body neutrality more and more probably every day. And also I think again, that idea of loving your body and just being like, so in love with, with it and, and with who you are is, is so, is so beautiful. I think though, when I was beginning 
to do that work and beginning to, to, to heal and to do all those things. There was this idea of like, uh, of like, oh, here's all the things that are so scary to me right now. Or here's all the things that like, would mean that I don't hate myself anymore. You know, we're like, here's all the ways I can show that like, I'm brave and courageous. And I am like taking this head on and like, I love myself and I love my body. You know, it's just, it's like, I'm trying to think of like better words to use, but I totally, I think that it's sold so much when you are kind of getting into like getting on, I want journey is so cheesy, but like beginning that journey and, and it's, and it is in that way. Like the thing that I'm, I'm thinking about a lot, thinking about a lot right now is like being naked in front of your mirror. You know, like, I feel like that's something like we hear all the time is like, you know, to really like love yourself and like love who you are and love your body. You should get naked in front of your mirror and you should say like 10 things that you love about yourself. And again, I like, and I'm not mocking that in any way. I just think it's like, we hear all of these things in a way of like, here's the checklist of what you need to do in order to like be at a place where you love your body and where you feel are confident in your skin and where you're like, fuck all the haters and all the people judging me. And so, yeah, I very much relate to that because I had a similar feeling of like, well, if I don't post myself in my underwear on Instagram, then like, I'm not actually body positive. (laughs) Or if I don't look at myself naked in the mirror then I'm, and and it's like, I guess what, I guess what I'm coming to is like, like there is this performativeness with these things. And like, I really want to emphasize too, that I'm not discounting any of them. And I think that like doing them again is beautiful and is important. And also I think that you can love your body and, or you can work to love your body and you can work on building confidence and having like a, uh, like a neutral relationship with your body, a peaceful, however you want to describe it. And you don't have to do those things. If those aren't things that like feel comfortable or called to you. And, I think something that I'm thinking about now also is like, as we're heading into warmer weather, you know, I know that brings up a lot of like, like clothing stuff. I know as a fat person, I'm constantly thinking about like, okay, what am I going to wear? So I, A, am comfortable, but also B, people aren't like, why are you wearing jeans in July? You know, like, (laughs) so, which probably is going to happen. And so I'm just, you know, it's just a matter of dealing with those comments, which I'm pretty used to, but you know, then it brings up all these things about like, okay, well, um, I to try to find shorts or like maybe try like skirts or sleeveless tops and tube tops. And I think, you know, sometimes when I, I see people talking about like, just like, like ditch the sweater, like, um, you know, let your arms like breathe, like they want to be out and da da da. I love that. And I also, my arms get very sticky when, when I don't have sleeves or something like that. So like, you know what? I just feel way more like physically feel more comfortable, not only like mentally and emotionally, but just like physically there's more comfort in me, like having a barrier between my skin. So, and I don't think that makes me less of somebody who's like wanting to like appreciate their body, you know? I think, um, like what you're talking about there, for me, that's kind of my definition of self-care, like mm-hmm. you know what your body needs in order for it to feel taken care of. Yeah. And if that means that you are wearing, you know, tank tops that come up a little higher mm-hmm. so that they're covering, you know, underneath your, your bra or whatever, like that's still loving your body. In fact, that's honoring your body, you know, in a yeah. lot of ways and making sure that you're doing what, what's going to feel best for it, not working off some checklist or another book checklist or somebody else's idea of what it means to be body positive, like really start to get in touch with who you are. And if you've had a really shitty relationship with food, sometimes we don't even, we ignore emotion, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I completely agree. 
important. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. Uh, okay. I, there is really honestly so much more. we can say. About <laughs> um, but I would like to honor your time here and just say, okay, if, if a friend of yours came up to you and said, Hey, I read this book. It was super funny. I really liked it. I loved all the concepts in it. What would you maybe throw out as the next read that they should, they should pick up? Oh, that's such a good question. Okay. Honestly, Jen, I feel like you might be better to answer this because I, like I admitted before, I'm just like a rom-com junkie at heart. Like I'm just constantly reading like all of those things. So I feel like even though I, I work to like make my literature as inclusive and um, diverse as possible, it's still usually around a love story with a happy ending. So I have to be honest. I don't know if I would like have the best the best, I feel like you would better, you would better recommend. So I think maybe I might flip this on you and say like, now that you've read it with all the books that you've read, what would you recommend? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And actually, you know, what's funny about that is, so I'm preparing for another interview that I have tomorrow. And I read a book called Fierce Fatty uh, by it's, uh, it's by Vinnie Wells beer. So I, I would probably end up recommending that one to people. Uh, but I feel like you listen to quite a few podcasts. So would you maybe recommend a podcast for someone? Obviously, um, Brittany's podcast for sure. Is there another podcast you might recommend to people? Yes. Um, I, I Googled fierce fatty really quickly while you were talking, because I was like, I feel like I've heard of this before. So, um, that's a really good recommendation for sure. Um, Brittany's podcast, a hundred percent. Um, I, what else would I recommend? I feel like See, the thing is I've been so immersed in like, in like social media. Like I'm just all over TikTok these days. I can tell you a whole bunch of TikTokers that I think would be great, oh, but I don't cool. know. Yeah. You should. You and, should. Okay. Well, I want to plug, um, for sure. I want to plug, uh, Hannah talks bodies. I feel like a lot of us may know her. Um, she's been on my podcast a couple of times and she is just the biggest, like wealth of information. Like if you've ever wanted to know, like, how do I equip myself with like, like the, the facts and the numbers and the studies and whatnot to debunk like fat phobia and like fat bias, especially when it comes to like medicine and healthcare, she is an incredible resource. And, um, as I mentioned, she was on my podcast a couple of times. And the last time she was on, we talked about like, um, fat phobia and medicine and like how to like, uh, how to handle like doctors or how to like find a good healthcare practitioner. That's going to be aligned. She's just amazing. I also, one of my TikTok friends is just me in my mirror and she is the best. Like she, all, she posts like, like, uh, like styling similar, kind of similar to me. Like she'll like show her outfits and whatnot, but she also dances in a way that is just so joyful. And just the energy that she has is it's just incredible. And like the way that she moves her body and the way that she just like exists in her body is like, it just makes me so happy. And it just brings me so much joy. Those are a few that come to mind that are my favorites. I have so many more. So if anyone's curious, uh, DM me and I'll happily share a list that I can put together. (laughs) I love that. I think that's the first time I've had TikTok recommendations on the show. So I love it. Okay, good. Because I was like, damn, I'm talking about books and I like don't have good book recs and I'm like a podcaster and I like haven't been (laughs) listening to a lot of podcasts recently. So (laughs) thank you, Jen, for letting me, um, letting me like blow up your question a little bit and just kind of like (laughs) twist it to be a little bit more, you know, something I can't answer. (laughs) You're allowed to take breaks. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that so much because sometimes I just like, 
I, I go through these ebbs and flows. I don't know if you can relate. I know like being a podcaster, you, you know, you think like, oh, you're like listening to podcasts all the time and you're so in the world and like, yes. And also sometimes I just like, sometimes I just need to listen to music or sometimes it's like, it's like that, like going back to like that comfort show that you've seen over and over again. And you just like watch it because it's just like, I know I'm going to like it. I love the characters. I'm like connected to them. That's very much what's happening with me. Realisting to girls, girls. It's just like, there's really like one podcast that I really like. And I like go back to it and, you know, just like re-listen to it over and over again. That's not true. I have several podcasts I like, but like, you know, it, there there's phases where I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to listen to this one thing, or I'm going to listen to sometimes I just listen to music without words for like a while. It just, you know, it's self-care yeah. going back to what you said about self-care. We just kind of like, we're figuring out what we need. So thank you, Jen. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, cool. That's so cool. Uh, okay. Well, let's finish off with you telling people where they can find you and all the cool things you got going on. Perfect. So as I've mentioned a couple of times, I do have a podcast. Um, it's called peach please. And the intention of Peach Please is to um, spotlight and amplify stories and experiences from within the plus size community. So the guests I talk to are, you know, sharing their experiences being plus size, being fat. Um, as I mentioned, Hannah's been on. I've taken a little bit of a break since like Thanksgiving. It was originally going to be like a like a quarter break, and it's turned into a little bit longer just because. I started to put some focus and emphasis on like content creation. So I spent a lot of time on TikTok and I do spend a little bit of time on Instagram as well, but I've just been having a lot of fun sharing like my outfits and saying like, here's what I'm wearing as a size, like 16, 18 person. And it, you know, like it may not be the most interesting, but I have fun sharing. So, so yeah, so that's where I spend a lot of time. My handle is at Katie is winning my first name, last name on all platforms. So that's a very easy place to find me. And I'd say those are the places I'm hanging out mostly and peach please. There's like 80 episodes. So if you'd like, like to listen to some other folks in the community, that's a great place to go. And I really hope to be back uh, on peach please sooner than later, but TBD we'll see. <laughs> If listeners want it, it will be right in the show notes. So all you have to do is scroll down and click all of what Katie was just saying will be on there. Uh, and I highly recommend the podcast. That is how I found you. And there's some really great guests on there, some really good conversations on there. Uh, the one that sticks out to me is with Kelly Belly, Ohio. I loved that conversation. She's so fantastic. Yeah. And you guys got into some areas that I just haven't heard a lot on these podcasts that I think really need to be yeah. discussed. So highly recommend that people go check that out. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciate it. It's been like, it's been so much fun to get to talk to you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to like read this book and to make that a priority. Um, I loved our discussion and thank you for, for, I know there was quite a few uh, rambles and tangents as, as is very true to me. So I appreciate you hanging, hanging with me on every one of the curves. So <laughs> Loved it. Well, thank you so much for being on Fat Girl Book Club. Oh, thank you for having me. Wasn't that fun? I hope you had fun. I hope that you were smiling and laughing throughout this conversation because uh, I thought we were, I thought we had some pretty funny moments. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not how you felt. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, just, you know, I, I just, again, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, check out my Patreon if uh, you would like to support me. Uh, one of the things I do hope to keep up after my after our 80th episode together is Fearless Podcasting, which I talked about last week. This is a business I am starting to help people 
to start their own podcast because we need more fat voices out there. Even if you're not looking to start a podcast that's around body liberation or fat activism, even if you're looking to start a podcast about a completely different subject, please check out the website uh, and let me know if there's anything I can help you with. I love talking about podcasting. Without a doubt, guys, even if this podcast doesn't continue, you will hear me on a podcast. I will have a podcast. Probably won't be right away, but uh, I love this medium. I love, I love talking into a microphone. This is just, this is my jam. So uh, without a doubt, that will happen. (laughs) Uh, I'm just not sure when, because we all know how life can be so, take you in such strange directions sometimes. And uh, that is what's happening to me right now. I am feeling a little, I'm feeling pretty sad. I'm feeling pretty sad. Um, But but that's okay. You know what? We've still got a few more episodes together. I am excited to bring you the books that I'm going to be bringing to you. If you have any desire to be on this show, I am looking for three more guests. Uh, There will be a link to my email in the show notes. And yeah, I just, I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. Thank you for being here. Keep reading everyone.